0: everybody, this is Bob Main. Welcome to episode number 124 of today's Survival Show. Helping you harness the power of choice to live life the way you want to live it on your own terms and strengthen your resolve. I keep survival simple, not extreme. This is a practical show. I keep it rooted in common sense. No tinfoil hat thinking here. Thanks for downloading and listening. Uh, This episode, by the way, Happy New Year everybody. I just want to say... I hope you have a good 2011. This episode is more about planning, uh, and actually more so about training than it is planning. You know, as as some of you know, I do another podcast called The Handgun World Show. And recently, I had a chance to interview somebody that talked a lot about how training with a firearm pays off. Now, this is not a gun show. This is a preparedness show. I do believe that firearms is part of your preparedness level of importance, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It It should rank high. I would say learning to defend yourself should rank in your top three to top five. List of preparations, would you agree? Uh, it is a violent world out there. Things do happen, and since we talk on this show about what happens if there 's a disaster, I can tell you and any of you who have experience with being in a, in a disaster, you know crap happens in a disaster doesn 't it? And people get stressed out, and people get violent, but even before disasters happen, people get violent. And, you know, we, t- we sometimes look at a, d- a disaster as something that's weather-related or something that is terrorism-related uh, or something like that. You know, or, or even, you know, fires and explosions. That's what we tend to look at as disasters. But would you agree with me on something? Would you agree that a man-man who's madman who is psychologically unstable, going into a school board meeting and shooting people, Would you agree that that's a disaster? I think it is. I mean, that's definitely a disaster for the people that got shot at that day. And it ended up being a disaster for him because he took his own life. It could have been much worse. On December 14th, a guy named Clay Duke went into a Florida school board meeting and started shooting at people. Simply because he was upset that somebody had fired his wife from being a school teacher a couple years prior to that. You can go on YouTube and search Florida School Board Shooting all you want. I'll post a quick link to it if you want to look at it. But there's some good nuances about this that we can all learn from. This is a tragedy. This is an awful unspeakable... I hate it when these things happen. I really do. I hate it when these things happen. But every time one of these types of shootings happens... You know what it reminds me of, folks? It reminds me that evil and violence still exists out there. Yes, I said the word evil. Yes, my faith teaches me that evil does exist. This is not a religious show, and it's not a political show. It's about common sense preparedness. But you know what? things happen. Whether you believe it's evil or not, let me tell you, bad things happen to good people. I'll say that again. Bad things happen to good people. And this is a situation where people were being sheep. People were being sheep and didn't believe that something could happen to them. That's the big danger I think a lot of people find themselves in. They believe that something can't happen to them, and it can, and it does does. So I have a guest that I'm going to interview on this show. If some of you listen to my handgun world show, you've already heard this. If you don't listen to my handgun world show, then now you're going to hear it. Um, John Hadaway is a firearms trainer and he teaches for uh, pro arms and he and I had a chance to talk recently an interview about the Florida school board shooting on December 14th. John has studied this. He's studied it a lot of different ways. He's looked at all the transcripts, all the videos, all the data related to this. And even if you're not into guns, folks, again, this is not a show on guns. I know some of you listen to me from areas where you can't own guns. It's terrible. I'm sorry you live in an area where you're not allowed to defend yourself. But some of you listen to this show anyway because you want to gain all the knowledge you can about staying prepared. Thank you. If you do live in an area where you can protect yourself with a firearm and you're not doing it, maybe this will wake you up. Maybe this will make you think. So every once in a while I put out a podcast on firearms. You know, about every 5 or 6 shows or so, I talk about uh, guns and being prepared with your with your firearms for self-defense purposes. Self-defense. Situational awareness. It's all part of surviving. Would you agree? It's all part of preventing as many disasters as you possibly can. And I'm a big believer in... Prevention. So I think you're going to like this interview and I'm going to turn it on here in just a few minutes. Before I get into that, a couple of announcements that I want to share. The website is todayssurvival.com, todayssurvival.com. If you want to email me directly, bob at todayssurvival.com is a great way to do that. If you're not a member of our forum, almost 600 members on our forum, like-minded people that enjoy talking preparedness, we're a good civil group, we're a good enjoyable group to converse with consider joining our forum there's obviously no charge and it's a wealth of knowledge if you do like my show if I help you out and you want to support my show to help keep it going there's a way you can support my show and get an excellent benefit as a result I'm all about value I recently did a CD and a digital download which means I can just email you a link and you could download it straight to your computer an mp3 file format and put it on your iPod it's a combination Preparedness, Common Sense Preparedness, and uh, Shooting CD. It's about survival. It's about preparedness. It's about staying vigilant. It's about situational awareness, and it's about being proficient with firearms and things like that. It's two and a half hours. It contains some excellent interviews, some excellent audio clips, and it's different than what you hear on this show. It's not the same information over and over again. That's only $15. If you'd like to support my show, uh, it'll help support the cause that I do here. Go to survival.com, click the Buy Now button, you can read about it, and you can make your purchase, and I will email it to you uh, as a uh, MP3 download, or I can send you a flash drive or a CD. Uh, If you have any questions about that, email me directly, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't like for this show to be too commercial, but I do like to raise money to keep this thing going. So, here's a quick... 15-second musical break, and after the break, on the other side of it, you're going to hear John Hottaway doing the interview with me. Now, I'm not going to come back on after this interview. Uh, You're just going to hear the music close out the show after this interview. So, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. Uh, This is Bob Main. This is today's Survival Show, episode 124, and I keep things practical, rooted in common sense, and help you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Thanks again for listening. Don't go away. Quick musical break, and then the interview. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Have a happy new year, and I'll catch you next time. Stay tuned.
1: Bob, I wanted to go through some things on the uh, Florida school shooting. Okay. And... You know, the purpose really here is not to do a um, breakdown, you know, of this, 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 then this. But I think I'd like to look at a couple of really broad subjects that we've talked about before on your show. And and the reason I think I chose this was there's really good YouTube videos out there with transcripts laid over it. And I think it was a good, favorable media coverage. So it seems like... There's some pretty clear things we can look at here, and um, you know, so, so I wanted to, and I think they illustrate some points that we have, you and I have talked about in the past on your show. So to kind of break these down, I want to talk about the guns that were involved. Okay. I want to talk about the shooting skills that were involved. I want to talk about the training that the people had. I'd also like to talk about the what I'm going to call the other actors in this. Um, You know, crime, Mm -hmm. and then the aftermath, and then what I like to call the rehabilitation of the killer. I think each of these, you know, broad topics kind of line some things out. And as we go through these, you know, um, again, my purpose is not to cover every detail and to have every uh, fact be perfect because I will give you my methodology. I went through, and before I actually watched the videos, I uh, read the transcripts. So that I made sure that I read the transcripts and then watched the videos to try to make sure that, you know, I had a good understanding of what was what was going on there.
0: Yeah, you've done your homework.
1: Tried to. Now I'm sure with all that said, I will botch something and I will get it fact checked and corrected. And so, you know, I acknowledge that up front. I'm, um, but I'm not trying to do a detailed point by point breakdown, but just kind of these broad subjects. Is that? Yeah, Does sound okay to you to go Oh, through? yeah,
0: that's fantastic, and thanks for doing this, John. Thanks for coming on again. I appreciate that. You know, I value your opinion because you do your homework when you, when you come up with theories and analysis, and I like that. And, you know, just for the listener's benefit, you know, you and I had a chance to talk a little bit about this yesterday because Skype wasn't working, so we had a little phone chat. And, uh, you know, you said something interesting that it seemed like it was a very planned and calculated thing, and nobody believed him that it was going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, and I think that's one of the things I want to talk about here and how people reacted to this situation. Yeah. Um, you know, as I, when we talked last time, I said this. I said, you know, when people do not believe that they are capable of violent actions, they do not believe that anyone else is capable. And if you look through the video on this thing and read the transcripts, I think there's a couple of really good examples of people where they just, frankly – did not believe something bad was going to happen
0: well let's talk about that let 's start with that if you don't mind
1: okay no problem uh, let, let me give you the brief setup here okay you've got um, you've got what I would call uh the security guard, which is mr Jones and then you've got uh, um, the uh, the the killer and then who is Mr Duke. And then you've got the school board president, and then you've got a school board member, and you've got Duke's wife. Those are the main people we're going to talk about. Okay. Here's what happens. He goes in. He waits to the very end of the agenda, and he says, I have to make a motion. And they said, okay. So he stands up. He takes a can of red spray paint. He paints a V with a circle around it. They are like, what the heck are you doing? You know, everyone's standing there in disbelief. He pulls a gun out of his um, person. Yeah. And he says, basically, you know, I'm here to to, to to die. And everyone can get out except for you six sitting right there referring to the school board members. And now, he
0: actually said that, didn't he? He warned them.
1: He, I counted at least three times that he said, I am here to die. I counted twice, at least, that he said, I've been to prison before. Okay, And, you know, I got to tell you, Bob, what was amazing to me is... That the the school board president, I mean to his credit, I, I, I think he was a stand up guy as much as possible. But what he believed was is he was gonna negotiate and he was gonna talk to this guy yeah. and he was going to just, you know, hey the police have been called and you know this guy's just a little upset and you know this is all gonna be fine and nothing bad's gonna happen.
0: Right. And he felt all comfy the police were called, oh they're gonna save the situation. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and he, you know, so he's he's negotiating with him, and they're like, "Let's talk about this. We'll get a job back. We'll do this." And I'm thinking to myself, "Wait a minute, you know, Bob, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm wrong." But you know, when somebody steps up in a in a school board meeting, paints on the wall with spray paint, (laughs) and then pulls a gun out and says, "I'm going to die here today," and lets everybody go but the six people he blames for his problems for his wife's 2008 firing, right? Um, let's just call him serious. What yeah, do you think?
0: you better take him seriously, and, and they obviously didn't do that.
1: Now, I'm going to tell you something. The only person on that board who took action was a lady who took her purse, Ginger Littleton, and she basically started whacking this guy with it.
0: Yeah, I saw the video on that.
1: Now, I'm thinking to myself, you know – Was that everyone's grandmother that was there, Bob? I mean, that's kind of how I would take this little old lady. (laughs) Is that an overstatement, you think? No, no. She's someone's grandmother, I'm sure. Yes, she is. And she's the only one that put up a fight. And guess what? When she put up a fight, you know, he didn't shoot her. She got inside his loop and forced him to react to her action. I mean, she snuck up on him and whacked him. Yeah. And I'm sitting here saying... You know, she took action, she wasn't afraid, she believed something bad was going to happen and somebody needed to do something. Those other people, they sat there like sheep
0: Yeah, and they negotiated
1: did. and talked and talked and talked.
0: And let that be a warning because a lot of people are still in that sheep state.
1: Bob, I'm telling you what, this is a new century and we are all deputized now to take action.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I know, I think I know what you're going to say to this, but, uh, you know, let's look at where this took place. What's unique about where this took place?
1: Well, it was a school administration building, and it was a gun-free zone, so everyone go. had to be safe. It was a gun-free zone, Bob.
0: Yeah, they're all safe, aren't they?
1: You know what? In a gun-free zone, no one ever gets sick or dies. You know that?
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, and so we ought to make everything uh, a gun-free zone then.
1: Because we all know that nothing bad is gonna happen. I mean, and I'll tell you something, that's the first thing I see when I see a gun free zone, it's like there's a good chance I'm gonna need a gun here. <laughs>
0: yeah, you and I look at it that way, but a lot of people don't.
1: So, you know, that was that was the first thing is I'll tell you something, not one person took a fire extinguisher and sprayed the guy with it to blind him. Mm-hmm. No one got up and stuck their pin in his eye or in his neck. No one jumped him and tackled him and put the fight on this guy. No one kicked a table over and threw it at him. No one started throwing chairs at him to get him out of his loop. They just basically let him walk around the room until he got ready to try to start killing people. Yeah, that's, that's all sad. all that happened.
0: Yeah, that's and, really sad.
1: And, you know, maybe that's the conditioning. Maybe that's the generation these people are. But i also tell you this. You know, I said this before, and we're going to see this as we walk through this. What do we do when we're confronted with a violent situation? We either flee, freeze, or fight. That's right. And, you know, we don't rise to the occasion. We default to our training.
0: Yeah, I know and- you're going to talk about that, too, because when you talk about the security guard, you're going to get to that, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit here. Let, let's kind of work into this. I want to talk about the guns real quick, and I want to talk about the security guard, okay. and I want to talk about um, Mr. Duke. Okay, there are two conflicting reports as to what gun Duke had, and I've got them both here. One of them says it was a forty-five caliber gun. The other one, which was a law enforcement officer, said it was a Smith & Wesson 9mm 15-shot automatic. Now, when I looked at the video, Bob, it looked like a Smith & Wesson M&P 9 to me. Okay. That's what it looked like. Now, so regardless, he had a semi-auto gun. Now, here's the best part. You ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. He brought a gun. He brought it loaded. He also brought extra magazines and a complete full box of ammunition. This <laughs> guy came, hey, he came to the range to do some shooting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He did.
1: So, I, I'm i reading here, I don't see a 380 that he had on him at all. Huh? <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, Touche, touche. <laughs> now let's let's talk about Mr. Jones, the security guard. Briefly to set this up. Okay. He he's at the building. He's not normally supposed to be there. He came by because he just felt like that he needed to be there for some stuff that was going to talk about his his job. So he peeks in and he sees the guy and he sees what's going on. Okay. So what does he do when he does that? He says and this is his quote, I went to my vehicle, got my vest and some extra ammo. Because I knew it was going to be serious.
0: Yeah, now tell now, everybody what he had on him.
1: He had a Glock 40 caliber gun, and then he went back and got more magazines, and he got his bullet resistant vest. <laughs> so he had a Glock 40, which I'm going to guess. Was probably what 15 17 rounds?
0: Uh, well, it was probably if it was a full size, if it was a model 22, I think it's 13 plus one.
1: Okay, 13 plus one. Uh, yeah. I did see his gun in his holster, and it did look like a full size Glock when I locked yeah. in. on it,
0: it might be 15 plus one. I take that back. If it's full size, it's 15 yeah. plus one. Yeah.
1: So he looks at the situation, and what does he say? You know what? I haven't got enough ammunition, and I sure need my vest now. I'm going to credit him with a couple of things. The first thing is I think he knew that if he went down, everyone else was going to go down too. So he needed to stand in harm's way, and he knew if I get shot and go down, so I'm going to put this vest on. He also knew, hey, guys, there's going to be some shooting, and I might like to have some extra ammunition. Now, I didn't see him say, well, you know, I knew there was going to be some shooting, and I needed to be nimble on my feet. So what I did is I, I stripped off this heavy forty caliber gun. I got my kel thirty-two, and I downloaded <laughs> it to two rounds because I wanted it to be really light in case I needed to shoot, because i can shoot fast with that, and here we go. No, he said, you know what? I got enough gun. I got enough ammunition. I need my vest. I mean, and I'm being silly here, but, you know, these two guys... They came to a gunfight, and look what they brought with them.
0: Yeah, and the point I'd like to make is, you know, he had a he had one of those uh,
1: forty caliber magical death rays, right? He did. Matter of fact, people are just supposed to drop out of respect when you pull that out of your holster, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, it's just it's an absolute uh, a stopper. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. People just immediately stop in place when they see that whipped out on them. <laughs> now, yeah, okay, so Bob, here's. Let me kind of set up what happens. He comes back. He's got his gun, right? Right. So now we have our shooter, Mr. Duke, our homicidal maniac, we're going to call him. And what he does is when he finally gets tired of being negotiated with to get his wife's job back, because everybody here is thinking he wants his wife's job back. No, no. He wants to kill people. That's the whole point. He came to kill people. They came to talk. You know. So we're having a little mixing here. Well, Duke finally decides, you know, I think I've heard enough. So he draws down on the school board president. Now, if you watch this, and I'm not making fun of this man, but you can tell at that moment is the first time he believes he's going to die. Because his voice changes, his hands go up, and he begins to beg for his life.
0: Now, is that off of YouTube?
1: That's off of YouTube. Okay. You can hear his voice go up. You can hear him start begging for his life. And what happens is... Up until that point, he said, hey, I'm the one responsible. Let these other people go. You know, it's going to be okay. At this moment, he's like, you know what? I think I just wrote a check that my body is about to have to cash. That's right. Now, so the, the, the shooter points his gun at the school board principal and yanks the trigger. He does not squeeze gently until he hears the recoil. He yanks the trigger, and it squeezes low, and it goes into the table and into the Board book, which is what they call it, their their school board book of agenda, what's going on, and it lodges in there. Now, at that point the school board president ducks underneath the table, and from the gun coming up and back down, the shooter now has it down in what would be considered a low ready position. Right. But because he doesn't take his finger out of the trigger, he ADs around into the floor. Now, you know, and I didn't know that. Yeah. He ads one into the floor. He picks the gun back up, and at this point, um, Mr. Duke um, basically is focused on shooting the school board members. So Mr. Jones, the security guard, shoots him one time in the back, spins him around, and puts two center mass into him as best I can tell. I have not seen a corner report. I've not seen a definitive. Here's where the hits were. So I'm judging by the reaction that I could see and what was said in the media. So he shoots him in the back. He spins around, mm-hmm. shoots him to center mass. Right. With a 40 with a 40. Now at this point, the shooter fires off 11 more rounds wow. after being shot three times until he takes the last round of the gunfight, puts it to the temple of his head and pulls the trigger and splatters the left side of his skull onto the floor. Ending the gunfight. Right. Now, you know, I gotta say a couple of things. Um I want to read you a quote here from the security guard. It says after the first shot, Jones said that he shot Duke in the back and the ensuing gun battle is a bit of a blur, though he said he knew he was going to be in a serious situation that would end with the loss of life. His first three shots struck Duke in the center of his body, he is, uh, but he continued to fire even after falling to the ground. Jones said he tried to keep Duke pinned down until he could crawl through the seating area to a vantage point where he could finish the gunfight. Mm -hmm. When he reached the center aisle, he said he saw Duke deliver the fatal gunshot wound to his own head. Okay. Now, let's stop for just a second here. Okay. What did he do? He executed his training. He had a plan. He executed that plan. He delivered on target center mass hits. He did not shoot any innocent bystanders. Right. He proceeded to execute his his plan with his shooting skills. So he was trained. Mm-hmm. He didn't rise to the occasion. He defaulted to his training. And we'll Which talk is about what
0: everybody says, too.
1: Yep. He defaulted to his training, and his training carried the day. Now, everything there, I, I, you know what? We should all be so good if we're forced to be in this same situation. I've right. got no criticism. However, let's examine a couple of things. He shot him three times with a forty Smith & Wesson, and the guy was still very much in the fight. Yeah, how, how did that happen? Well, I don't know. I mean, I again, I'm confused. I thought they were a magic talisman that caused people to fall out of respect. <laughs> now,
0: and, and again, you
1: know, we're, we, you and I are both being sarcastic here, but it's proving a point. Yep. Now, I looked at the distance. I'm going to say that his first shot was probably about 20, 25 feet away, okay? hmm Maybe further. I'm being conservative. Now, let me read you the other description of what uh, Clay Duke did here, and let's talk about his shooting skills, okay? Okay. On December 14th, 56-year-old Clay Duke disrupt- disrupted a school board meeting in Panama City, Florida by proclaiming he had a motion and spray-painted a large V with a circle around it on the wall. In- Apparently intent on avenging his wife's 2008 firing, Duke aimed his weapon at the school board members and fired several times, telling them he was planning to die that day. Duke's first shot, which school superintendent said was aimed directly at him from no more than 15 feet away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how many yards is 15 feet for you and me? Five. Five yards. Okay. Missed. That's when Jones burst into the room, began firing, shooting Duke in the back three times. Now it says back here, other one says center mass. I think he popped him in the back and then spun him around from what I could tell a shot. So there's some, you know, there's some different determinations here. But here's my point. From fifteen yards with a non moving target, stationary, he missed. Then A D'd into the ground. You mean then, from, hold on a second, you mean from fifteen feet? Fifteen feet. Right. He missed. A D'd into the ground and the only shot that he hit anyone with was himself in the head at point blank range <laughs> not very good shot now hold on a second here and, and and you know bob bear with me okay he had one of those easy to shoot nines he shouldn't have missed should he <laughs> <laughs> no he shouldn't have <laughs> So, so we've got the deadly forty caliber that should have dropped him out of respect, and then we've got the easy to shoot nine. Heck, he should have shot all six board members in what two point two seconds or something, because he had a nine that's easy to shoot. Yeah, but he's not trained. Exactly, exactly right. Training trumped everything in this situation.
0: Yeah, it had nothing to do with with caliber or anything
1: like that. No, whether it was a nine, whether it was a forty, whether it was a forty-five, right. what won the day here? What saved the life? was one man who was willing to act and who had training and acted upon that training right that made the difference in this shooting skill agenda here okay now you know let's 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 talk about training because I want to talk about apparently um, there's uh, there's some training here that went on and I want to talk about each one of these let's start off with school security guard Mike Jones says he is not a hero. He says he acted Monday night as he was trained and in an attempt to save the lives of the school board members. Mm -hmm. He insisted he was reacting to decades of training, more than 20 years of law enforcement training, including two decades as an officer with the Panama City Police Department, readiness training. It kicked in, and he said, I just tried to keep Jones pinned down. Now, here's the second part of his training that kept this man alive. You ready? Okay. Because... There was still a lot of danger, even after this guy splattered his brains all over the floor. Guess who walked in the door with long guns? The police. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And here's what he said. He said, I held my weapon up, my hands up, and said, Mike Jones, police, I shot the man. So what happens here is all of a sudden, he shot him. He's done the right thing. People come in the door. They're saying, police, police, police. Everyone, you know, they want they want to see everyone's hand because they don't know who the shooter is and who's not. Right. So this guy didn't, you know, he did exactly what he was told to do. He identified himself, and he said, I'm the shooter. You know, I shot this man right here who was doing this. So he, he did what he needed to do. His training also told him, cooperate with the police and have a plan here. Now, I think that that's really important because if he had pointed his gun at the police – I think he might have caught a bullet, too. Oh, absolutely. There's probably no doubt. Yeah. And the police, by the way, had rifles. Just in case you're wondering, they brought a rifle to the gunfight.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the security guard probably didn't have one. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. I think if he had one, he probably would have.
1: You know, I cannot imagine... If I had had a howitzer attached to the back of my truck, I would have wheeled that in in that situation. (laughs) Yeah. Now, so, apparently, the shooter... His training consisted of lots of Internet chat rooms talking about what a badass he was with a handgun. Yeah, good training there, huh? Good training there. He also had a lot of bitterness sopped up and had some conspiracy theories going on that everyone was out to get him. So apparently he had a lot of Internet training that didn't pan out so well. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. So, you know, you look at it, and i got to tell you that uh, 20 years of training, and he mentions, you know, his readiness training. I mean, this guy was trained and prepared to act. And that goes back to my whole thing of, you know, get training. You mean the security guard you're referring to? Security guard, yes.
0: Yeah. What also I think is interesting to point out here, you mentioned it yesterday when we were on the phone, that uh, Mr. It's it's Jones, right? Duke Jones?
1: Mike Jones is the one who did the shooting.
0: No, 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 no. I mean, what's uh, Duke's last name? The guy that – Oh, uh,
1: Duke – let's see here. I'm
0: looking. I'm trying to look it up right now. I can't. Anyway.
1: Clay Duke. Cla oh,
0: okay, Clay Duke, Clay Duke. Uh, he was a, a felon, wasn't he? Yeah, he actually said, I have been to prison before. Well, how Twice. did this guy, now, wait a minute, okay, I thought we have all these good gun control laws. Uh, didn't that stop him from getting a gun?
1: You know, I'm shocked that it, it didn't, and I'm sure that Eric Holder's op, 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 opening an investigation right now as to how, that he is actually able to get a gun with all the that the federal government does to keep us protected.
0: Yeah, I guess all those uh, those government programs that, that Holder's putting putting out there they're working, aren't they?
1: Oh yeah, they. Well, you know that and that dreaded gun free zone. Those two things really kept everyone safe that day.
0: Yeah, yeah. It looks like it. looks
1: like it worked real well. Yeah. <laughs> We're just full of sarcasm here. I, I know. I know. It's my medium. I'm an artist, and that's my medium. See, you're dragging uh, me into it, John. Yes, son. This is from a man who played a song about shooting people in the butt with a BB gun? <laughs> no, I put a
0: disclaimer on that now. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I put a disclaimer on that. I said, don't do this. It was just for funny.
1: You know, Bob, that's <laughs> like in the South saying... Well, bless her heart. You know, you can say anything after you say that. That's like a disclaimer. You know, it, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Know. Yeah. So, so you know, let's let's go back to a couple. Of things. I want to I want to focus on a couple of quick things here. The aftermath of the shooting. Okay. Let's. I want to read you some things that went on here that are very common. If you read Masada Yub's book in the gravest extreme, right? He talks about Takiyosaki. He talks about the mark of Cain. He talks about you know, how the community is going to view you. You know, all these things going But let me read you some quotes here that this guy said. Now, and it's one of the reasons I thought this is so good. Because this is what happened after the shooting. It says, it was like being in a tunnel. I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't breathe. Everything was like it was in a vapor lock or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Takiyosaki, voice, you know, auditory exclusion. You know, he, he got a huge adrenaline dump. Then... He went to the hospital because they thought the man was having a heart attack. He got so much adrenaline dump that his body was processing all this epinephrine, and you know they thought he's having a heart attack after he did the shooting. And that's exactly what people describe happens. Yeah. Now, here's some other quotes. He says, I'm known in this community as the salvage Santa, a little toy program that I've got, Jones says. I'm Santa Claus and I've just taken a man's life. What will my fellow parishioners think of me? So he's thinking, what are my fellow church members going to think? And then he says, and I was like, I'm going to jail. He says, um, you know, I have been an investigator for 20 years and then a policeman for 35 years altogether. And it still ran through my mind. I just couldn't help it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's thinking I'm going to be in trouble. Then he says, the emotional roller coaster extends beyond Jones to his family member's who remember vividly the moment they heard the news of the shooting. And it says Jones called his wife. You know, he goes through this whole thing, and she says, you know, she'd never heard her husband talk that way. And, you know, he talks about how emotional it was. Um, it says here, the massive adrenaline he experienced caused Jones' heart rate to pound, and he was taken to the hospital with a pulse rate of 180 beats per minute. Wow. Doctors had trouble slowing his pulse, and in light of a heart complication he experienced last summer, he was sedated and kept overnight for observation. Now, you know, this guy, he's thinking, I shot this guy in the back, I'm going to go to jail. He's thinking, you know, I've ruined my my, uh, ability to serve my community. Mm -hmm. I've ruined my family's life. He's down on himself. Yeah. And... He did the right thing.
0: Yeah, he did the right thing, and he's down on himself. And uh, that's an interesting uh, psychological
1: phenomenon there. One last thing he says, Jones said he spent most of Wednesday with his pastor getting right about what happened. In his law enforcement career, Jones says he was in one gun battle previous to Tuesday Mm -hmm. and had witnessed another, but he had never used deadly force. So he's been in a gunfight before, but he never use deadly force. So he's shot at people apparently, but hasn't killed them. Now, you know, it says he was with his pastor getting right. You know, one of the things that you you look at here is this shook this man to the core and he had been there before. Right. Can you imagine, you know, how someone's going to feel after they do this in less than heroic videotaped, you know, circumstances where everyone is saying what a great job he did. Yeah, and especially if it's somebody who's not law enforcement like Mr. Jones. Exactly. exactly. You
0: know, if it's just a private citizen, it might even take a, a greater toll on him.
1: Yep, exactly. So, you know, that's one of the things about carrying a gun, being prepared to use a gun. Are you prepared for the aftermath of using a gun? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, when you've... When you've killed men, your beer tastes colder and life is sweeter and the roses smell better. Well, this guy didn't experience any of that. He kind of felt like he'd messed his life up.
0: Yeah, well, you know, all that chest-pounding stuff that people do, I don't like that.
1: Yeah. Now, there's this last little point I want to go into here Mm -hmm. is what I called the rehabilitation of the killer. Okay? Okay. Now, let's start talking about, we got a dead man. You know, he, 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 came there to kill people and he apparently succeeded in killing himself, but the shooter's wife says he didn't intend to harm anyone. Duke's wife said that Duke was, uh, was likely, uh, missed all the board members on purpose. Now he's a trick shot. Oh, give now me a break. He, yeah. Now he can shoot at people and he misses them on purpose. Okay? Give me a
0: break. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, he didn't want to hurt anyone. But himself. So she's making excuses for him. Yeah. She said he was a gentle giant. He was just trying to stand up for her after she lost her job as a special education teacher in 2008. Basically, he loved me and he loved his family and he was just trying to have people stop, as he would say, dumping on me. Hmm. Hmm, okay. Duke's wife said he was bipolar and took medication for mental health illnesses. Well, wait a minute. Let's see here. Hold on. Let me see if I got this straight. She was fired in 2008. This (laughs) is 2010, right? That's correct. Okay, so even assuming with calendar and everything, I'm thinking that's got to be at least two years ago. Right. Okay. Um, You know, it's a horrible thing to lose a job. I mean, you know, I'm not mocking that at all, but I'm saying, you know, after two years, I don't think the school board was still picking on her somehow. I mean, I, I don't think they were like, you know, driving by her house pointing fingers or anything, you know? Yeah, I, I doubt
0: I, it. I you know. doubt it.
1: Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe this gentle giant who'd been to prison, who came to die, who painted on the wall, who had conspiracy theories, huh, well, maybe he's not such a great guy. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but you see, this is already in the media. You know, now we have what I like to call the no-fault killing. Mm-hmm. That's, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't a bad guy, you know. Listen, here's the other thing. You know, police said Duke had planned the attack very carefully, t- carrying two full clips of bullets. Yeah, that sounds like some pretty um, uh, intense planning
0: there. I mean, like, he, he definitely, I mean, he took a, an extra 50 rounds with him, too.
1: Now, the date of the attack, December 14th, was circled in red on the calendar in Duke's home. Mm-hmm. investigator said. And before he was wounded, Duke fired 14 shots, none of them hitting their targets. Now, I'm thinking for a guy who didn't go to hurt anyone else, yeah. if he just wanted to die, did he have to fire 14 times? No, he didn't have to. He only had, yeah. to, he only had to fire once. Um, he said he had made up his mind that he was going to die today. He said it several times, I'm going to die. Right, and they
0: still didn't take him seriously. That's what's, what's amazing to me.
1: Yep. So, you know, I, I guess out of all of this, you know, come down to a couple of things. First of all, before anything else matters, you got to believe that bad things can happen, and you got to be prepared to take action.
0: Yeah, you do, and I'm glad you said that. And, uh, you know, I want to emphasize that point because, you know, that used to be me thinking that way.
1: And the second thing is... You know, I did quite a bit. We've mocked the 40. We've we we've mocked the 9. Mm-hmm. You know, we've said silly things. And, 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 and you know, all I'm going to say is I think if either one of them had a 45, this would have turned out differently, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is is that caliber played very little in being able to hit. Yeah. It played very little in the ability to do a one-stop shot. Right. It All of these things that we spend endless hours debating – in my mind, the only thing that made a difference here was training. One well, guy yeah. had it, and one guy didn't. I agree with
0: you. Um, it looks like caliber made zero difference here. Exactly. And, uh, you, know, you know, you're know, you exactly right. I mean, the guy with, with the caliber that was supposed to be the easiest to shoot did the most missing.
1: And the one who was supposed to kill everybody was simply whipping it out of his holster, shot him three times, and the uh, guy still got off about ten shots after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and you know, I'm glad you're bringing this up because you do have to,
0: you know, people have to start believing that these things can happen, and uh, it's so unfortunate because uh, you know they didn't they didn't take this guy seriously, and I, that's I think that's how people get themselves in trouble. What did you say yesterday? Their uh, their alert
1: level was like on on white or something like that. Yeah, they were conditioned white. Let me let me let me say one thing. This is a quote from the. Um The the school board president said this. He said, even after the shooting was done, and he came up from behind the desk, do you Uh know what he said? He said to him, he said, uh, Mike, he had caps in there. They weren't bullets. He had caps. He was shooting blanks. Yeah, you told me that yesterday. I can't believe that. that. He said that two times on the video. Even after he pled for his life and ducked on the table, he still refused to believe that that guy came to kill him. Now, I you know that's complete and total denial of the reality that's going on. In other words, he so was determined that Mm -hmm. nothing bad could happen to him that he made up crazy scenarios to justify what he wanted to believe, rather than believing this guy came to kill me and I better do something about it.
0: Why do you think that is? Because I think a lot of people you know think that way. They don't they don't believe it. What's your
1: theory on why that is? Well. I have a couple of theories. Okay. The first, the first one is, is this: um, we think that somehow, if we believe that 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 makes us ignorant, it makes us racist, it makes us paranoid, it makes us less intelligent. You mean if we believe that bad things can happen, that we believe we're capable of doing bad things? And therefore other people are capable of it.
0: Okay. Okay. What we're doing
1: you. is we're using our intellect to dismiss reality. It's exactly what we're doing. We're saying, well, if I believe that, I'm just paranoid. If I believe that person could hurt me, I'm just racist. If I believe this, I'm just ignorant. I'm not being intelligent. I'm well, not you know I'm yeah. not thinking this through. That's true, and it
0: sounds like because the reason they believe that is, is that's what people have told them all their life. Well
1: and and i'm saying that part of it is is a lot of these people have been so removed from any violence in their life that they have no personal experience they haven't been to war they haven't worked in law enforcement they've not witnessed anything they have no basis no training no frame of reference i mean it's it's sort of like you mean like me well no but, but but Bob what what I'm saying is this
0: I'm joking you know, there no, because it, somebody has excuse, uh, accused
1: me of not having a frame of reference <laughs> Well Bob let me put it this way I don't believe you personally have to experience everything to believe it could happen Right But let's just look at something you take the 4 minute mile and they said that could not be broken But That's as right. soon as someone broke the 4 minute mile how many people broke it after them
0: uh, many, many numerous. I mean it was like – I think it was like a 100 of them in the in the next five years after that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that because people believed it couldn't be done, it couldn't be done. But once people believed it could be done, it became easy to do, right. relatively speaking. Right. Well, I'm saying the same thing here about violence, and I'm saying the same thing here about these situations. When people have no frame of reference and they believe it can't happen to them – they will not process information rationally to examine what's happening around them. Yeah, you're right. You know, this kind of reminds
0: me. Here's an example I want to throw in here. You know, uh, I'm in the, uh, in the security business, security alarm business. And there are so many people that wait in, in, until something happens before they put an alarm in. They, they wait until after the fact. Before that, they believe it'll never happen to me. I'll never get broken into.
1: Bob, my question is, can you get my home alarm out of test mode for me?
0: <laughs> yeah, I will. After we're okay. done here, I'll call you and tell you how to do that. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: Do you have a wire cutter? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've got a reciprocating saw. It'll take care of anything. Um, <laughs> okay, good. You know, Bob. I, you know, I guess the thing is, is out of all the things that we we have come back to repeatedly. Yeah. They all begin to be dismissed as, you know, it's mental preparedness, mm-hmm. believing that it'll happen. It's training, being prepared for the moment that'll it'll happen. And it's acting upon that training. It's it's not believing. Oh, all of a sudden I'll figure this out and I'll react correctly. No, you need to be trained. You need to let you know your training take over, and you need to follow through with that.
0: Yeah, and you know your analysis of this whole event really brings that out to light in in a good way. Um, good job, John. That's uh, uh, you, you know you, you've you've done
1: a good, a good job analyzing this and making that point. Well, and I want to give a disclaimer again. I may have some things out of sequence. Mm-hmm. There's there's various pieces of information. I've done my due diligence to try to make sure that I've covered, you know, multiple accounts because depending on which source you go to and at what point it was reported, you know, there's different information. So, you know, I may have things out of sequence. I may have a few things here or there. But I think the basic tenets of what we've talked about are mm-hmm. pretty sound in this encounter. So, Please don't light me up on the boards if you look at the video and I, I missed something that, you know, I should have gotten. Yeah, aside. I hope
0: people don't get that picky because your point is good here. And uh, I got a question, though. You know, you and I talked a little bit about this yesterday. What do you think about if somebody in the audience or somebody in on the school board had been armed? What do you think the chances would have been?
1: Well, Bob, I can tell you this. You know... If if someone had been there mm-hmm. who was trained and who was armed mm-hmm. and who was not apparently known to this guy and he pulled that gun out after he painted that V on the wall and told everyone to leave, at that point, he would have been easy pickings for sure. somebody and it would have been over with quickly. Possibly even before any shots were fired. Absolutely. Yeah. The second thing is, is this. I think if the school board members had had a gun and someone was not afraid to act, it would have been over instantly as well. Because this guy was standing out in the open. He was making himself a target. He was moving around, Mm -hmm. but he was close enough and he wasn't, you know, he was panning back and forth. So you could have easily gotten your gun out, gotten it into a low, ready position, two handed grip, popped up and just let him have it. That's right. Now, Now, I'll say this. I'll go one step further. Bob, if I had been in that audience and he had pulled out that gun and I had not been afraid to act, I could have taken that gun away from him because he was prancing around with the gun in one hand, he was waving it like it was a pointer, and he had his other hand in his left-hand pants pocket. He had a jacket on, and I'm telling you that he could have gone to the ground you know, a couple of, of knee strikes, a couple of elbow strikes, mm-hmm. you know, maybe sticking a ballpoint pin in his eye might have settled him down a little bit. You know, maybe maybe some knee, you know knees to the common peroneal. I mean, this guy would, I mean, he was in his 50s. You know, mm-hmm. you, he could have been, you know, he was not a linebacker. He was a big guy.
0: Yeah, he was a big guy, but it doesn't look like he was a real uh, physical specimen by any
1: means. But, but I'm telling you something. If somebody besides grandma and her purse had jumped on this guy, he probably would be sitting in jail right now instead of dead. Right. He would have saved his life and probably would have averted any of the other things that went on. Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. So so I'm saying, you know, Bob, someone with a, a small amount of physical training could have taken this guy down. Now, mm-hmm. i got to say something. You know, if I was sitting in that school board meeting and it was a choice of me taking him down or getting my family out. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, going to miss you. Got to get my kids out. You know, I mean, you got you to gotta be clear what your responsibility is. And I would have taken care of my family first and then tried to contain. Try, I mean, listen, you know, Mike Jones, the security guard, had the plan. He said, you know, you locate, you contain, you eliminate. You know, I mean, right. that was his drill. And that is the drill for a shooter. You know, I mean, you got an active shooter in that situation. That's exactly what you want to do. But let me say something here, too. This guy. Fulfilled every tenet of an active shooter. He came with lots of ammunition. That's right. He got the group down to the size he could control. And he intended to shoot and kill people until he was dead. That was his plan. That was his plan all along, yeah. And you can judge that from his actions. So he fit the textbook example of active shooter in a public situation. So I can tell you, you know, if... if You were sitting in there, and he dismissed everybody, and you were on that board. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what. Bob, in reality, had Mike Jones not acted, and you were sitting on that board, or I was sitting on that board, I'm convinced there were two choices to be had. Choice number one was to die there like livestock Mm -hmm. or to take the fight to that guy. Because let me tell you something. When he got done talking, he went to the gun. Did he not? Yeah, he did. Okay. So those are the two choices you had. You get to pick how you die today. You know, that's unfortunately, that might have been your choice, but I would have rather have at least said, you know what? I'm going to die going out than, than sitting here like sheep. My actual yeah. choice would have been, I'm going to let him die today as opposed to me.
0: Exactly. I, I would have taken it to him. I would have granted his wish uh, a little bit earlier than he wanted it to be granted.
1: I mean, I'll tell you something. The first thing is, take your belt off if your pants aren't going to fall down. And get that thing ready, and just whack him with that <laughs> belt buckle a couple that's of right. good times across the face. That usually makes it a little harder to shoot, you know. I oh mean, yeah, it's going to stun him quite a bit. You know, how about taking that spider co out of your pocket and jab it in him and open him up a little bit and see if he can reduce his blood pressure some. You and know, you don't I
0: mean, have to be real trained with that to be
1: able to pull that off. I'm telling you what, there was a fire extinguisher I saw in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you what, I'd taken that fire extinguisher and sprayed him in the face with it and then clubbed him in the head with it. I mean there's a number of ways I'm not a violent guy, but you know Yeah. I mean I those... renounced I renounced personal violence years ago, but in that situation there's a time to bring it to bear and I'm saying the thing they all lacked was made up their mind they were gonna do something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They didn't lack that willpower to do that. That's that's a very good point very good point uh... this is good john this was uh... this was very good a, a great analysis and i appreciate you coming on and talking about it because uh... you've done your homework on it and you have studied it and you've made very very valid points for anybody that that wishes to defend themselves
1: bob I, I just think that for me the unique part was everyone could go out here and look at this video there's one out there on the internet that combines multiple it's on youtube it combines multiple angles with the transcript of what they're saying. So you can actually read the transcript of everything. That's what I would encourage everyone to, to to look at. And then there's several of them out there that show the different press conferences and the interviews that I've pieced together out of these transcripts. And I, I think if people go out there and look at look at these videos and and read the transcripts, You kind of come to the same conclusions I have here, probably. Yeah, would you do me a favor? Would you email me the video uh,
0: that has all the different views, and I'll put that in the show notes. I will do my best to find them and
1: email them to you here shortly.
0: Yeah, if you can find them, email them to me, and uh, that would be great. John, thanks again. I appreciate it. And uh, This is being recorded before Christmas, so have a
1: Merry Christmas. Bob, thank you so much, and and, uh, stay safe out there.
0: Yeah, I will. Take care. Thanks. All right, Bye. Bye.